0: You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast.
1: Like a phoenix rose from the ashes, Garage Guy Chase is back. Welcome to another episode. Of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast presented by Drip Drop RS. And Drip Drop RS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. It's used by firefighters, military members, athletes, garage guys, NASCAR fans, NFL fans, soon to be. And right now, if you go to dripdrop.com, use promo code GarageGuys20. You're gonna get 20% off your order. Drew I'm back. It's good to see your face.
2: Good to see it. Welcome back. I forgot that you missed the last episode because I've talked to you plenty of times over the weekend. So
1: yeah, I forgot we had a podcast. Yeah, so. it happens.
2: Yeah, I covered it for you though. Well, I think I did a good job hosting.
1: You did. I got to check it out. Shout out to to you for that. Shout out to Dalton Trigg for being an awesome guest on the show. That was a great. Uh, that was a great interview you did with the man. Getting to hear about him in the in the Cubester over in Dallas. Yeah. I think he be might chilling. have him
2: on again in the future, so that would be pretty cool to see. Um, as you can see, my back is hurting. Did you know that? Can you come pop my back? Ooh,
1: I wish. Hold on. Let me, to, let me try to walk this way. There you go. Nope.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm I hurt, just,
1: man. May, maybe, we, maybe we should get Chef Girl to, like, get a fake arm and, like, hit, and that way we can make it look realistic. I agree. I have to get her I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you something. I'm gonna send you like a back scratcher and like a cylinder block to just lay on it, and like eventually it'll correct itself, or either break your spine, one or the other. Hopefully, and the, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get that fixed for you though. Um, but yeah, I know. I know you got busy weekend coming up. There's uh do
2: you, some, some. Do you go. think the uh, back injury is going to impact the premium rankings on NASCAR? I'm starting to wonder if my look, Maybe. man. I was. I was
1: it, it's look, I it, it's a it's definitely a valid concern because I was worried with my shoulder after jumping off the ten foot ledge at the trampoline place for children. Um <laughs> I was worried I was worried I wasn't gonna be able to like deliver a great article, but um, you know, by by the grace of the universe, it happened and I was able to do it. So like now, even though we're two weeks in and I probably have definitely torn some ligaments in my, my shoulder, um you know, I uh I, I will say that that the by the grace of that you you will be able to prevail. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send the energy your way, but if it does get too bad, you have a valid
2: excuse. I oh, like that. Now I have my excuse we lose. Okay, perfect. All
1: right, here's the card Got thrown it. to you. All right. Sorry, Garage Fam and any roto ballers that are listening to this, you may or may not get them. So it's up to you now to go and on Twitter at Chef Boy and state your uh state your case. For, uh, for validation. So, and you have to follow him before you do it because he's not going to look at anything uh, that, that is not by a follower. So remember that. That's the rest of the rules for the back injury. Okay? All right, so we're there. Look, Drew, it has been a week. Um, and we've got a big show for this one. Uh, we got an interview with uh, a tight end that we've been looking to get on this show for a very long time, Mr. James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy! (laughs) James O'Shaughnessy, the man. Uh, That was a great interview. You guys will get to check that out at the end of this episode. Um, But uh, we've got a lot of stuff that has happened this week. Ball returned. And uh, we had baseball return, and it's, like, on the verge of, like, death already. I think it was the the Marlins-Orioles game was canceled because, like, some players had COVID.
2: So... Yeah, a lot of good memes coming out about the Marlins saying, like, the Marlins would be the team that's going to ruin it for everybody. So Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's dumb.
1: Like, I mean, let's really talk about it. And, and by the way, guys, we're going into ball returning on this one. You know, with NASCAR this week, like, we'll be back to our normal NASCAR stuff, as Drew stated on the last episode. There's no worries there. But you can catch our, uh, our driver picks on the Roto Baller YouTube channel this week. But I just feel like it's a great time to just kind of talk about the state of sports um, for, for this one, and we don't have the
2: starting grid yet.
1: Right. So yeah, exactly. At this moment in time where we are, we don't have that yet. So we can't give you what we don't have. Um, you know, uh, the time machine that we had with Corey LaJoy on that episode, it already broke. We're out of plutonium, very hard to come by these days. You'd be surprised. Um, so, but yeah, the Marlins would be the team to do it. Maybe I think Derek Jeter bought the Marlins as a joke. And the joke has since furthered <laughs> Marlins man's a joke. Um, just the Marlins in general, they're, they're just, I don't
2: know. Like, why does that team exist? Like it was Tampa Bay Rays all yeah, way. the way. The Marlins are on their own little Island and maybe we should just get a replacement team for them. I don't know. But um, no, baseball dude is kind of making Adam Silver look like a genius, getting a little more into this, the, the serious talk. Uh, I saw where, it was like the third or fourth consecutive week or second report in a row of zero cases inside the NBA bubble. Um, despite them being there for practice and somewhat of a mini camp and they've scrimmaged now, every team has scrimmaged a few times. So it, the, the strict policy with the mask and stuff like that that's going on in the bubble must be working. And, um, you know, that just goes into a further discussion about what is the NFL going to do? Because I don't know, I don't think you can bubble the whole NFL obviously, but, you can no. – um, <laughs> Dude, I, I think they need a front – they need to – You can bubble wrap players.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you can bubble wrap players. That would be incredible, but – I just – I don't – I mean, front like the <laughs> schedule, right, with all the division games, is my opinion. Put all the – like, if you put the Saints, Falcons, Panthers – who am I forgetting? Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, all in a bubble, and you do – and you knock out all their games at the front end of the season, at least you're cutting your exposure down to four teams, right? So, yeah, I mean, that would be what – two games like All for each th- team yeah so you knock out your your first half of your schedule and everyone everybody does that and then you're cutting your exposure down on people have your own little bubble and then um that's just my theory there's probably a lot of holes to it but you got to move the the schedule around yeah they're gonna
1: have to find a way to do it regardless um and, and getting into to football, too. I mean, uh, with basketball, like I said, yes, Adam Silver, genius stuff. Super excited for that. Basketball's back. Legit now. It's a real deal. Like, it's here. Um, really excited to watch that. And, and also, too, I think maybe, maybe Adam Silver bumps, bumps a little bit of Suicide Boys. Shout out to the boys. Got a shout out to, to the, the boys. boys. Shout out to the boys. Scrim and Ruby. Future Make sure you're yes, strong. Possibly. We don't know. But it makes so if you if you listen to Suicide Boys, it makes your ears strong because they they just they're spitting strong truth and and just just heavy beats and just just snappy flows. So Adam Silver's probably sitting back in his lounge one night, he's listening to Suicide Boys, and he was probably like, I need to put this these guys in a bubble. This is this is the way. So maybe maybe there's a connection there. Who knows? But it worked out. Um, the same with hockey. Hockey's doing a bubble, it's an ice bubble. We'll call it a snow globe. They're doing a snow globe.
2: Um, all the guys I enjoy in there tweets about the hockey players saying that we all need to get the antibodies from the hockey players in our veins. Every everybody yes. can beat a hockey player.
1: We could all line up, um, and then like what is it, Alex Ovechkin? Like, that's I would want his blood. <laughs> that's the one. Because that guy, that guy, there was a there was an episode recently we had where I think we were discussing um, the I think it was, we're talking about Clint Boyer if with Corey. If Clint Boyer would have won a race, he would have had a whole two-week span to party. Nobody, and we were, like, giving comparisons. And the name escaped me, but Alex Ovechkin from the Capitals, that's the guy that went, like, two months partying, like, every day after oh, they yeah. won. So, and then he's still alive. And he also is, like, the most grisly-looking motherfucker in hockey. So, I want his blood 100% – so that's, that's going to be what, what saves the planet. Alex Ovechkin. Shout out to Alex. Um, NFL though. I, I think that my theory about it would be this is go to the cities where there's multiple fields. Okay. LA is probably one of the only places I can think of right now that have multiple ones. New York's got a shared field. um, but L.A. would be great. you got three football fields in the entire state of California. Um, and just don't do away with those fields. Or, or you suck it up and you go and hit up college football fields and you just have those games played at random college football fields across America. I think that would be the best way to do a bubble. So you could go somewhere. You'd have some – like all your like Sunday night games – Monday night games, Thursday night games, they're played in like a big, big arena, you know, or big and flashy. But a lot of these other Sunday games, play them at college football fields around certain areas. And that that would be perfect. Um, If there's no fans there, what's it matter anyway? You just got to make sure the field conditions are good. And that's it. I think that's the perfect way to do it.
2: Yeah, there's no telling. Um, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I think the doing the division bubbles would be a good idea. But Honestly, I think what NFL is going to do is just kind of kick back right now, watch how these other sports play out, and I don't, you know, I think we're going to see certain people opt out, like we've already seen. I know that's what you want to get into a little bit here. I mean, who all has been opting out that you've seen is going to have fantasy impact? I know the Patriots had some very, very key players on their defensive side. Uh, opt a lot out. of defensive
1: players right now.
2: Yeah, has been the big out. one. I know Damian Williams is a big offensive player for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, so, you know, they have, uh, yeah, Damon Williams, and then you had, like, a couple of the unspecifieds on here. I'm looking at this list off of NFL.com. Um, what was it? Uh, Devin Funches was a big name for, the for Green Bay Packers, yeah. yeah. But it's just like, it's Devin Funchess.
2: Yeah, he was uh, – a lot of people were calling a rebound year for him, but no telling if he even would have won that job, right? So Yeah,
1: Nate Hamilton was big mad. Really? Yeah, I was like, took all the fun, punching the chest. Da-dun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I
2: mean, so, 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 I guess it's another year of wondering if it's going to be Ger- uh, Geronimo Allison or Valdez Scantling, right? Yeah, I and mean,
1: I mean, I don't want to get off on the whole topic of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, but, dude, I'm hearing that Aaron Rodgers may just be like, fuck it. I'm gonna <laughs> just,
2: chill.
1: Yeah, I'm going to chill out too. I mean, he already broke up with Danica, so, like, it's now it's like I'm a single man. I'm just going to hang back at the house, fuck around on some Tinder, make sure my my, my girls are wearing masks when they come in on the Uber. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, just kicking back real talk. Marquise Goodwin, one of my favorite wide receivers that was nothing that I expected him to be, like, at all last season. He had just moved to the Eagles, so I was pretty hyped to see. Because, I mean, this dude chills with Tigers and Lions on Instagram, like, all the time. So, like, this is the guy right here. Um, He opted out, and if he opts out, that worries me because if you have the balls to go and hang out with Tigers and fucking Lions and you opt out because of COVID, then that's a scary thought right there, okay? So just throw that one out there. Um, And then the big one that we had, I think the biggest one of all that we've had so far was uh, running back Damian Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs has opted out. Huge for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like really, really huge. So it's uh that's definitely gonna make the stock go up. But yeah, you got you got your boy Patrick Chung uh from the Pats. I know he's Dante. He's, Hightower. Dante. Ooh. Yeah. Double- the, the Patriots Dante. are
2: screwed, dude. They literally have lost more than anybody. Um What was your theory on uh if Tom Brady would have never left? If Tom Brady never leaves, then any sign of those guys sitting out, he would have kissed it away. He would have kissed it out of them. He'd been like, Hey, I hear you, Dante, but give me a kiss and you'll you'll think differently about this.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like theory. as soon as like Tom Brady kisses you, like you go through this like interdimensional portal where like all you see is demons and monsters and then you're frightened for life, and then he
2: just comes back and it's just like I, I am the antichrist. <laughs> And then you realize it. You're like, yeah. "Oh shit!" He like he like somehow he like <laughs> somehow so convinces bad. them with the kiss that COVID actually helps their performance. Something, like I can't, that, you know. Right. Exactly. I can't wait till someone clips this and says on Garage Guys
1: Fantasy Sports Podcast, Garage Guy Chase states that Tom Brady is the Antichrist. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's coming. Something tells me that somebody has said something like that before. If you think that about is whole probably, program, Alex like, I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably Alex Jones, <laughs> probably Alex Jones,
2: probably some like Bill's podcast. You're right. You're right.
1: 100%. Oh, man. So, dude, yeah, NFL is just going to be – it's going to be weird this year. But I really think that, like, I don't see why more people aren't talking about Though. I think the best shot – I mean, I like your divisional. The divisional thing could be great and it could work. But you're going to have to eventually move out of that and go somewhere else. And I think that the, that just, like, getting with college campuses – because let's be real – the SEC, I know this much, the SEC football, like they're only playing divisional games. Yeah. That's gonna get kind of boring after a while.
2: Yeah, it will do, but I'm just thinking if you if that takes up half the year, for example, maybe in eight weeks you have a two-week break and then you get back to another bubble, or in eight weeks we might have more progress on what this thing really is. Uh I don't know, man. Just an idea. And I, I one point I wanted to bring up to you, not related to the bubble, was and I know we've already talked about this, how uh, incredible this is for the people that wait to have fantasy drafts and how stupid people are for having them too early in the year. Absolutely. The and that's
1: got to that, be like the, the, the final thing that we, that we talk about before the O'Shaughnessy interview because that is the most rewarding shit ever. Um, I, I tweeted that out the other day just talking about how like this is why you have it a week before the season starts. Like, I have one of my longtime drafts that I've been in is is set up that way. And I understand that there's a lot of people out there that when you play in some of these other leagues, like, you know, the time constraints are different, whatever. It's all about priority and what league's most important to you. Let's be real. Cut the bullshit excuses out, everybody. Exactly, dude.
2: Exactly. I mean, I would be willing before I would try to, like, make my schedule all perfect and stagger my leagues out. I would be willing to take one Saturday, like a week or two before the season starts and draft all day for all my teams. I'd rather do that than commit to these early drafts personally.
1: Absolutely. The only, the only problem with that is like live drafts. Like if you like, I'm a big live draft guy. Yeah,
2: so I like to go
1: do. be around people and it's going to be a little bit different this season because you know, you really can't do that that much, you know? So it'll be in an, it'll be an adaptive, uh, have to adapt for sure, but it's adapt or die. It's the way the world's built. So you got to roll with it. Um, but uh, we're going to go ahead. It was a good talk. Sports are back. Uh, New Hampshire, NASCAR this weekend. Remember, again, go to Roto Baller uh, YouTube page. Check out our driver picks. Uh, they should be up sometime during this weekend. And uh, here is Mr. James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. All right, guys. We now welcome on to the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Podcast. Uh, a long time interview in the making, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars tied in Mr. James O'Shaughnessy, 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 <laughs> he's here, he's here. James, thanks so much for joining us, man. How've you been?
0: I'm good, man. Uh, I gotta thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, this has been a long time in the making. I'm finally glad I got a chance to get on.
1: Heck yeah, man. Absolutely. Before we get started in the interview, so with all of our uh, all of our, our guests that are in sports, uh, we do something, uh, Chef does something called Chef's Sampler. <laughs> that's what we're dubbing it now. So it's some rapid fire questions. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Drew and, uh, and let him kick us off.
0: All right. Sounds good. Wait, I got a question. Can I pass? Uh-huh. To, if it's- yes.
2: Uh-huh. You can pass. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I think that's against the rules. Uh, they are very easy i don't think you'll be passing but we'll see all right you ready for this sure jordan or lebron jordan manning or brady brady office or parks and rec
0: toughest question yet office
2: i like it marvel or star wars marvel beer or bourbon bourbon do it myself or delegate and manage Delegate and manage. <laughs> Money or influence? Money. Um, favorite sport to watch on TV, other than football? Basketball. I like it. Favorite sport, dead attend in person? A lot of times we get hockey here.
0: I'm just getting into hockey. You said, wait, you said uh, another sport I like to play in person?
2: No, to attend in person. It's like, it's like we had the one sporting event. Yeah.
0: Oh, hockey! I mean, I'm from Chicago Blackhawks. I've only like been played a couple. I'll go hockey! I'll go hockey! I'll go hockey!
2: Like it? Okay. And then here's the two ones I customized for you. Okay. Um, college trash talk or NFL trash talk?
0: Oh, NFL trash talk.
2: NFL trash talk. Okay. And then this is the last one I customized for you. Uh, do you play Madden? I do. Okay, so in Madden, we had the hit stick and the, the truck stick, right? So if you were in real life and you could truck stick one person after you get a catch, who would that person be? And you can treat this as like somebody that you went to college with that's in the league, or you can treat it as somebody that you hate. So you, you, you take it how you want.
0: Um, uh, whew, that's a good one now. Um, my buddy Trey Robeson is now playing for the Bears. He was in the CFL for a long time. Uh, shout out Trey. I, I, I'm excited to play against him. He was my college quarterback. So, and he's playing DB now. Um, now he's my guy. I'm not, nothing, no, no hate, no, nothing like yeah. that. But it's, I want to welcome him to the NFL a little bit, you know.
1: Love it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> nice. Well, that, that was, that was chef sampler. You did a great job, man. You did uh, good. You. See, no pressure, no pressure at all. Um, no pressure. To start off talking a little bit about how we came to know you, James, and all the listeners of Garage Guys. Uh, last season, um, obviously, you see I'm, I'm wearing some men's shoe today. It's the only Jaguars, uh, I guess, apparel that I have as a Saints fan. So hopefully we can change that after this interview. We'll talk more. Um, so we ended up, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff in fantasy football, a lot of players. We, we break down the games. And there was a weekend uh, where I think it was, I can't remember the exact date, but we were talking about uh, men's shoe and then looking at some of the players on the Jags, came across your name. And it, the way that it just uh, – said it, just the O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> like, the way it came out, I was like, this guy right here. I was like, we're keeping our eye on this guy. We did. You had a game. You ended up scoring a touchdown, I think, the next week. Um, and you had a you had a really good season in 2019 until the ACL tear. And I know you're eager to get back. But after that started, there was just this hype that built around James O'Shaughnessy with Garage Guys. And it stuck, obviously. So, now having you on is huge. So, I know a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy it as well. Um but going into college and NFL, man, I see, you know, we know that you went to uh, Illinois State. That was your college. You went to the Chiefs in 2015. You had a short stint with the Pats and then went to the Jags in 2017. Uh, through that – through the, the journey that you've had so far in the NFL, um, where has it been like, – like what are some of the things that you've learned coming from like the college to the NFL world, like some things that really stand out that, that were a big game changer for you?
0: Well, I- Had a unique experience because coming from a Division I Double A, getting drafted, which I was extremely fortunate to get drafted by the Chiefs, and then you know coming right into a building, a facility that's you know with an established head coach. We had an established tight end, Travis, who was at the just at the the start of his stardom. Um, So I got a chance to see you know when he got his second big contract and we really started taking off. Um, It was just a unique thing, and then people always I think the saying is you're drinking from fire hydrant. Um, and anybody who knows me, my rookie year, man, I was struggling. Uh, you know, it it wasn't as much the, the, the plays, learning the plays. It wasn't much the timing of everything, the, the, your days, it was the stress of it. It was a combination of everything. And I really just took me, you know, I, I would say the Patriots is where I really kind of started to learn and come into my own because after the, after, you know, you get traded, which is essentially to me is like getting cut. It wasn't, it wasn't something I wanted to happen. Um, and having to reinvent myself, re- restart myself and reinvent myself with the Patriots and then even getting cut there too. When I thought, you know, I did have a good camp. and um, I had the ability to make the team. It, it was, it was, it was tough. It really was. But at the same time, I was fortunate because I went to an organization that was established for the Chiefs. I went to another organization that's, you know, well known as being one of the best. So I, you know, being around Kelsey and Gronk, um, you know, I went to the playoffs my first two years. So I got a, a glimpse of of what it's like to be a part of a winning NFL football team. It was difficult at the start, but it was a great growing experience. I learned so much. I can't say enough about those guys. And the funny thing is, you know, everybody knows the Jaguars history hasn't been great, but right when I got there, we were awesome. You know, we were the best.
1: Right.
0: Uh, we were the baddest guys around. And uh, to go to the AFC Championship game against my old team, the Patriots, was one of the coolest experiences. Um, and then I to talk about the, the mentors I had in Kelsey and Gronk, I, then I came here and they had Mercedes Lewis, who actually I always tell people, my maturation as a player, my you know me growing as a player, I have to give him more credit than anybody else because he was one of the first people to actually say, "Hey, no, you're more than a special teams player. You can you can contribute as number one, as number two. Um, you you just got to have more confidence and feel it out and and just let it go sometimes. And uh, ever since that year, um, obviously went to t- that's three straight years going to the playoffs, um, being with three straight playoff teams, it was. Um, it really helped me grow as a person to where I, I felt comfortable. Finally, felt comfortable in this league that I could contribute. Um, because, like I said, I come from Illinois State, I was I was always an undrafted guy. I didn't I didn't have any real. I had aspiration to play in the league, but I didn't take it as if um, you know I was for sure locked to ever make to even get drafted. It was kind of the draft process was a last minute. Um, you know, the draft's crazy within itself. But my whole name kind of blew up in the last couple of weeks, and the next thing you know, I'm getting drafted in the fifth round, and I'm just. To me, I was like, oh, shoot, I thought I was, you know, going to have to fight to get a job. And, and I still did, but it was just a – it was a world-winning experience in my first couple of years where after 2017, I could finally sit down and be like, no, I can, I can do something in this league. And like I said, I always got to – I always got to shout out Mercedes because people understand what he did for my confidence, what he did for, you know, me. He's a, you know, he's a vet of 13 years or something like that now. I'm not even 14, but he, you know, he instilled in me, like, work, better work ethic. Um, how to take care of your body, which is a huge thing for me. Coming from the lowest school, not having those resources in college, and all of a sudden having all these resources at your disposal, how learning how to use that, maximize that to the best of your ability. So I had a, I had a crazy first three years. Like I said, I got I went to the AFC Championship game my third year um, with the Chiefs. We won multiple games. I think the either the first year we might have knocked out the first week, and then the, the second year I think we got knocked out in the in the, the second week of the playoffs. So I had a, it was just such a weird. You know, I'm struggling but at the same time, I'm figuring things out and my team's winning. So it's a mix of emotions all around. It was it was a wild start to the NFL, let me say that. You got a lot of
1: winning going on too, man. I mean, <laughs> like you you got that, that mentality right there. So I mean like like you talking about playing with Travis and Gronk. I know uh, a boy boy Chef way over here, he's a big uh, Pats fan. Um so I'm sure he was curious. I didn't know if you had any questions for him about being with Tom Brady or anything like
2: that. Well we had a it's funny that you brought the Patriots, um, uh, because we did have a fan question that said any crazy or favorite story from the short stint with the Patriots? So I don't know if you have like a Gronk story or maybe just a off-the-wall story about Belichick or anything that, that happened in that. You are about six months, right? Is that how long you yeah. we were
0: there? Off-season. So I got traded on the second day of the draft, and then I got cut in the final cuts. You know, I got a couple stories with Gronk. Um, I got a couple other stories about Brady. And all my experiences with Brady were unbelievable. You know, I always I say to tell people – in the NFL, there's, there's, it's, everybody's talented. Everybody's good people for the most part. Um, but then there's an upper echelon of guys. You know, I would say like Eric Berry was one. Just, you know, the what he went through to come back and play and the type of leader he was is unbelievable. I put a Clayus Campbell in that category, and I put Brady as three of the guys that stick out to me as just special people, um, not just, you know, down to earth, not just talented, hardworking. Um, they're, they're a whole package. And, they you know, I, I, I give a lot of – Brady was awesome to me every – every instance he was, so I, I thank him a lot for, you know, my short time with him, but um, the Gronk stories, are, you know, I, don't, I remember one Thursday, you know, after OTAs, I thought we were going over to his place to go hoops, and next thing you know, I come back to his place, and there's like 30 people there, blaring music, all of his brothers are there, <laughs> popping. I'm like, hey, I thought we were just going to hoops, but that's just Gronk, Gronk's one of those fun-loving guys that, you know you invite the whole world over if you wanted to and and when as soon as you do it's a good time um Brady's stories were you know he was one of those guys where he was he was so great to you in the meetings and so great to you in the locker room but when it comes to the field you had to you know you had to be on your p's and q's and uh you know it, it, he was in he was awesome to me in every instance but he also was very difficult too you know he's one of those guys that demands greatness that's what makes him so great so I have a couple stories that I, know I probably don't want to share on this, where you know yeah. it's probably getting. Um,
2: we'll
1: get them off the record. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's okay, that's okay. I have to ask a follow up. I wasn't planning on talking Patriots, but one thing I wanted to ask you is, did you watch the the Last Dance, a Jordan documentary? Oh yeah. Is there something about Brady that's similar in the way he treats his teammates to Jordan? Do you oh, see 100- that at all?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Now I I think Jordan is <laughs> might take things a little step farther than most. And I think that's what also made Jordan so great that he demanded so much. He was so tough on people. Um, he kind of had a different edge than Brady, it seemed like. But, I, you know, I don't know Jordan, so I can't really say that much. But he does have the same mindset to where, hey, when you're on his field and when you're in his huddle, you got to be ready to – got to come correct. you got to really, you know, up your level to his. And that's what everybody appreciates about him as well. And i remember, i got a story. I remember OTAs. Um, first week of OTAs, you know, I'm coming in late, so I'm trying to figure everything out. And, you know, in every OTA, there's usually a couple guys missing, usually big-name guys expecting, Hey, right? They got family, they got this, they got that. You know, just, you know, how it goes sometimes. Sometimes they don't need to be there for one reason or another. And I remember seeing Brady. It was like the first day I was out there, he's running in sketchers. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> sketchers. And he's, you know, we're running sprints, and he's going balls to the wall. And I'm laughing. I'm like, man, you don't – he's, you know, screaming on like a 40-yard dash type of thing, and I'm like, man, you just don't see a guy at his age, at his caliber, you know, you just expect him to maybe, you know, taking it easy, getting, you know, getting his feet wet, but not going too hard. He was every time he was in, you know, strength training, whatever it might be, he was focused and he was in it, you know, 110%. And it was one of the things that I was like, wow, you know, that's a, that's, that's probably, I mean, that is what makes him great. And so that was one of my first introductions to like, man, it's it's a, he's a different breed. That's awesome.
1: Absolutely. Um, going from Brady though, I mean, like going from the past to the Jags. Um, I know they had uh, Blake Bortles. You've uh, you played with Blake, and then also there's now Gardner Minshew, and Minshew's kind of been where that whole uh, the the O'Shaughnessy Minshew connection deal that we were speaking of last night was going uh, was going down last season. Ready to see that again. What's uh, – you got any, any good stories about, like, Minshew? Like, how is this man – he's all, obviously he's a force of nature. I'm pretty sure that Drew and I were, like, the first two people talking about him. From, from the moment that uh, Nick went down in game one, we see, like, this man, just the flow just out there, like, on the sidelines. We have no idea what's about to happen here, but I'm just, like, this guy right here this dude's about to do some amazing stuff. And and I never thought that like the whole uncle Rico thing would have happened until like the next <laughs> week when all that shit like piled in. Yeah. But now it's like, it's like, Holy shit. Like this guy is a real person and he's a quarterback in the NFL. Um, so it's nuts, but I love the, uh, I, I love the energy that he brings. What's that like uh, being around him in the locker room?
0: Well, he's, he's just, He's, a, he's another one that in a couple of years, I'll put him in those type of categories with the, with the greats that I've been around, just on leadership alone. Um, now, you know, obviously, he's got to perform and we all do. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's in the Brady's category, but as a person, he is a great dude. He's a really, truly good dude who brings everybody in. Um, who, who just, he, he grew so much in that first year. And I don't know if, you know, you probably didn't watch the preseason, but we had a rough preseason. You know, Nick wasn't playing a lot. We benched a lot of our starters to keep him fresh. Um, so we were, had a lot of kinks. We were trying to work out, and Minshew was thrown into the fire, um, you know, with the second string O line. was missing protections, and, and we're trying to hide our good plays. So it was, you know, no one really – everybody liked him. Everybody knew he had a future. Never, ne- no, no one knew how good he really could be. And then that Kansas City game, I think he completed the first 13 passes or 12 passes, people looking around, and, and it was more than just that, hey, he belongs. It's like, no, he can lead. He can, he can be the guy. And it was a really bizarre experience because, like everybody, like I said, everybody liked him. Everybody knew he was a good leader. Everybody knew he had a future in this league. But not till he truly turned it on on game day did people realize, like no, this guy can be it. Um, and that was a special thing because, you know, that's a very tough thing to do in the league to, to all of a sudden turn it on. And he's just a true gamer. Um, no, no, I'm not saying he's not a good practice guy or not anything else, but he is truly, when it comes to game day, he's locked in. He brings you – he galvanizes a team, and it's a truly special uh, special trait he has because, like I said, he's he has the chance to be up there with those guys when it comes to bringing people together, motivating, galvanizing a team. It's really – It's he's an impressive kid.
2: Um, that connection he had with, I guess, Coach Mike Leach, I knew about Minshew uh, from college and – and that just seems like quite a pairing, and I wish we could have had some of that mic'd up, even though we didn't. Um, how did? Is there any um, feedback he gives you on that connection with Mike Leach, and how that relates to Doug Marone? And is there anything well, there that's similar?
0: I know one thing. He he always hears like some quirky sayings that I've never heard before, and I have to bet I have to swear they had to come from Mike Leach. <laughs>
1: Let's <laughs> go! I, I want to hear. Them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> remember a couple from. Because, like, he said one to me a couple days ago, and I was looking at him, like, yeah, I don't know what the hell you he pulled that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's, he's – you know, I know – and I, we haven't really talked about his college days. I know was, I, I heard his story about, you know, came around three or four different schools. You know, I saved and offered him the coaching job, all this craziness. But um, everything with him and Doug is actually one of the most impressive things, too, because – He's not afraid to ask Doug. For being a rookie guy, he's not afraid to talk to Doug about, um, you know, things that he feels like is better for the team. And for a lot of young guys, that's a difficult thing to ask, to ask the head man. And Doug's great. Doug's, Doug's one of those guys where, you know, he's a disciplinary. He's, he expects a lot from you. But at the same time, he'll sit and sit and talk with you if you need it, um, if he wants to, if you want to. He's, he's a good player coach as well. Sorry, my dog's walking in around.
1: Um It's all good. Dogs are yeah, good.
0: We, yeah, I'll say Hello.
1: What up, Popeye?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, but, uh, they he. I really think they are a great compliment for each other. Where you know they feel comfortable to, to not only get on each other, but also to have a great relationship. That also those are the type of things that will spread out on a team and helps helps an org- organization like ours sustain winning. You know, having two guys like that who are willing to not only you know fight and get after each other, but also hey, sit and put his arm around you and talk to you. So I. Um, I don't know. I haven't asked him enough about Mike Leach, but I probably should and ask him more where he's getting these. Um, But I know one thing, him and Doug are a great combination.
1: Nice. Um, Getting more into you. I mean, we're we're coming off the ACL tear. We're going into the 2020 season. There's so much craziness happening right now with COVID. Um, I know that camp started uh, recently for you guys, and you also have a new tight end in the room uh, with Tyler Eifert. Um, is, uh, is there going to be some, uh, some good, healthy competition there? And, uh, and what are you most looking forward to, uh, going through, uh, the preseason and getting ready for this, uh, the season that we got coming up?
0: Yeah, I just, I'm really hoping that we get a full season in us, you know, obviously with, you know, you're seeing stuff that's going on with the Marlins, you get a little nervous about the, the chances of us playing a full 16, which I, I just pray we have a full season. I think everybody wants football. But it needs kind of something to take their mind off of with everything that's been going on, um, it's been a tough time, a tough off season for everybody, not just the NFL players. I can only imagine other people who are struggling through this time, you know, people who are struggling with employment, all that. It's, 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 it's crazy. So I think, I think the world needs football. And, and I actually just met I for the first time. We obviously had virtual meetings the last couple of months, but uh, we finally got a chance to work out together. And he's a great guy, um, you know, there's always healthy competition in the league. And of course I want to be the one and I know he wants to be the one and Chances are he probably will be because he's more – he's probably bigger, better, and, and tougher than me. But I, I, I really like the chance of us having a great working relationship. And for me, I'm one of those people, you know, I don't – I don't focus on being the one, two, or three. As long as I have a job that's contributing to the team, I'm happy. Um, and I think we have a real – might be the most talented tight end group I've been around. Between him, me, Josh Oliver, a young guy coming up. we got a couple other young guys. We drafted a guy named Tyler Davis from Georgia Tech. And he's been a great guy. He's been in my ear as much as possible, trying to learn as much as he can. So I'm really excited about our team. You know, I know a lot of people have low expectations for us. I laugh, and I'm like, some of the teams I've been on. That I remember my first year with the Chiefs, we start off one and six, and then we won eleven straight. And people, you know, everybody was talking about firing everybody in the world, the quarterback.
1: <laughs> right, all the go. hype. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> you don't know until you know. Um, and obviously, it's kind of made it tough with the whole COVID, not having OTAs, not getting that chance to really get to know everybody like we usually would during that time, get an idea of what the team is going to look like. But I really have a positive uh, outlook on this season because I think we got, you know, we have guys now that I truly believe are going to buy in day in and day out. And it's, you know, it's all led by Minshew in that. Like I said, he's such a great leader that he can bring those guys, keep them focused, keep us on task. Even when adversity hits, cause that's the key um it really is always the key in a season you when adversity hits what are you going to do how are you guys going to handle it and um I'm excited for that aspect because I really think our tight end room and our offense as a whole has a chance to do something special
2: awesome man I know um I wanted to ask you this I mean I know you're kind of short selling yourself a little bit but one thing you got going in your favor um with you have that chemistry you already established a little bit whereas with Eifert you know you still got to establish that not that he can't but um if you can speak a little specifically to how you and Minshew developed that chemistry. Cause I mean, I think you had your most catches, your most, most TDs all last year. So that kind of gives you a leg up in a sense.
0: Yeah, well, it was unique. I remember playing in the preseason and obviously Nick wasn't playing and I know Nick, I knew Nick in Kansas city. He was actually the backup quarterback in Kansas city when I was there. So we were close and I, you know, I had a connection with Nick, but you know, Minshew's getting a lot of reps because, you know, he's trying to protect Nick. Um, so, next thing you know, like, we're in preseason. I remember the – I think it was against Atlanta or Saints. I had, a, a like, a skinny post, and Minshew threw right on timing. And I was like, oh, okay, hey. he's He's been seeing what me and Nick are doing. He sees how me and Nick feel. And he really, as the season went along, he, you know, he I would be in his year and he would be in mine. And I will even sit, take it a step further. This offseason has been unbelievable. You know, Minshew has been here in and out of town. Obviously, he's got a lot going on. He's on the bus trip, whatever. But every chance he was, he was, A, calling me, like, what do you think about this play? What do you – what do you? What, this is what I see at what I want you to do here. And we've been doing throwing sessions now for close to, has to be over a month now, um, even developing more chemistry. And he did such a good job. He started like kind of a little three-day mini camp for us about a month ago. We got the whole offense together, um, broke it up. So, you know, obviously followed the CDC guidelines and all that stuff. But just so we could all, you know, get on the same page. And um, like I said, Minshew will call me, you know, he called me yesterday, saying, "Hey, this is what I want on the skinnies. This is what I want on the with the lean nods." And it, and it's 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 something that I cherish. He's also somebody too. He, he keeps me in check. Like, um, you know, sometimes I get a little emotional. I get a little riled up with everything.
1: He's <laughs> one of those guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, hey James, you know, hey, pick your battles. Focus on what you need to focus on. Control what you can control. And for me, that that means a lot to me. For somebody to to um instead of you know some it's very easy of him to be like hey james acting up screw him don't worry about him i'm gonna you know we'll, we'll worry about stuff instead he's one of those guys who called me that night and be like hey you know i think you need to you know think about this some more and he's younger than me he's a i'm a six-year vet he's a second year guy and for him to feel comfortable to say that to a vet is is a, it just tells you what type of leader he is and uh i can't say enough he's been an awesome man and, and uh, i think well, we're gonna have a real good connection because we did we did our homework this offseason. We really worked on it, even with all the, the troubles of COVID. We really got after it and trying to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, even I was limited in some capacity in the offseason because of my ACL. He still, you know, we you know, whether it be I'd be at the top of the routes, whether I'd just be, you know, spot catching for him. I was bringing him to my gym that I was training at um, when I was in town so he could meet my, the quarterback guy I was working with so we could all, you know, talk through ball and stuff like that. So, um, and I think is one of those guys, he can have that connection with anybody. If they choose to, you know, let him in and he wants to let him in, it's, you can have the best connection in the world. He's one of those type of players. So um, I'm really excited about – I really think we're going to have a special punch with me and Eifert. Um, and Jay Gruden's offense is some, something I, I haven't seen since, you know, my Kansas City days A True West Coast that has – it's expansive, difficult, and it's going to be really challenging for teams to play against.
1: It's going to be good either way because we're going to make sure the O'Shaughnessy ship is sailing fast <laughs> all year long, man. Well, look, before we let you go, man, we appreciate it so much. Um, I don't know if you remember me talking about this a while back, but um, last season I decided that going into 2020 I was going to start something called the Garage Guys Tied End Appreciation Club. Okay, yeah, right. so Yeah, so we were all going to get together at a Buffalo Wild Wings. We are going to have our yearly meetings. We're just going to talk about just how, it, how great it is that we have a world where tight ends exist. So today I would like to ask you on the show if you would like to accept the position of vice president of the Garage Guys Tight End Appreciation Club.
0: Man, I don't know if I deserve that, but hell yeah. I take, it. I'll take
1: it. <laughs> All right, all right. We, ha- we have to do your oath now, so I need you to raise your right hand. All right, all right here we go. I. I. James O'Shaughnessy.
0: James O'Shaughnessy.
1: Do solemnly swear to uphold the values of all tight ends in the NFL.
0: Do solemnly swear to uphold all the values of the tight ends in the NFL.
1: To always be a friend to tight ends.
0: To always be a friend to tight ends.
1: And to share the importance of tight ends.
0: And to share the importance of tight
1: ends. Because tight ends make the world go round.
0: Because tight ends make the world go round.
2: <laughs> Alright, you're accepted. All right. Let's get a round of applause. He's in. We got to put James in charge of the um, hazing ritual. The next guy, like absolutely. Hazing. I'll so. send you some bamboo
1: <laughs> sticks, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> all right.
2: Like is that
0: still allowed? Shoot, man.
1: I don't know. Shh, shh. Sh- don't don't tell him.
0: <laughs> and I remember right. my, my people used to get hazed all the time, and now I laugh. I look at these rookies. I'm like, man, they got it easy. They got no bad haircuts. They got all they got to do is buy us donuts every once in a while, and that's about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right yeah we got we got to switch it back up to him man we got we can figure something out we'll start we'll start working on that for you guys too we'll get some new plans <laughs> going some new schemes all right man well uh james where can everybody follow you at man
0: um you can find me on instagram jo shaughnessy 88 uh twitter i'm not sure what my name is on that um i'm not verified and i don't plan to be verified on twitter that's kind of no we're gonna
1: change that narrative this year i promise you it's uh it's at jo shaughnessy 80 Okay. the listeners
0: i kind of like my twitter to be a little low-key where i can like things and i'll have to worry about people freaking out or sending all right. over the world
2: <laughs> i feel you on I that respect, respect that, that. Yeah. keep it unverified
0: yeah right that's yeah. I, I, instagram's kind of like oh that's the, the show we everybody can see and with your know, friends family and my football life then twitter's kind of like oh that's hilarious i gotta retweet that and so yeah, like, absolutely
1: All right, so we'll keep it that way for sure. But man, thanks so much again. We look forward to having you back on in the future, and uh, have a hell of a uh, of a camp. And um, we're rooting for you out there, man.
0: Gentlemen, I can't thank you enough. Thanks again, brother.
1: All right, thanks, man. That was the interview with James O'Shaughnessy, brought to you by Rotoballer NASCAR Premium Content. Use promo code Garage when you get the Rotoballer Premium Content. That goes for football, NASCAR, basketball, whatever. Use our promo code. And you'll get a discount, and it helps keep the lights on. So promo Weedem code boys. garage. Yeah, we do boys. boys. Making noise. Do that. That's all we got for this episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, you know where to follow me, at Garage Guy Chase. Follow Chef Boy, at Chef Boy I
2: like, hashtag. My, I like when you say my hashtag, not me, so I'll let you do it.
1: Hashtag AKA Drew Dean. Hashtag AKA Chef Boy. Hashtag AKA not Chef Boy RD, but Chef Boy R Dean. Um, yeah, big hashtag right there. there but go. yeah, that's that's all we got. So I'm back. I gotta say it. Here we go. Last thing, sports party. Repeat. It's the Garage Guys. It's the Garage Guys. It's the Garage Guys.